This episode is brought to you by Lila Quantum Tech. In the past two centuries, our understanding of longevity has revolutionized. From a mere 30 years average lifespan in 1800 to nearly 80 years today, we've made incredible strides. Now it's time to embrace the future of aging with Lila Quantum Tech. Lila Quantum Tech brings you products charged with quantum energy designed to restore balance and vitality. These products can help in managing stress, improving sleep quality, and promoting mental clarity, contributing to a younger biological age. Our modern lifestyles can accelerate aging and EMF radiation is everywhere. With Lila Quantum Tech, you can combat this trend and focus on utilizing the balancing effects of quantum energy to maintain your youthfulness and shield yourself and your loved one's well-being. To bring balance to your everyday life, boost your health and vitality, visit lelac.com, that's L-E-E-L-A-Q.com, and embark on a journey to a longer, healthier life. And for you, dear audience, get a 10% discount on Lila Quantum Tech products with code LONGEVITY10, that's L-O-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y, one zero at checkout today. My guest today is Dr. Harry Adelson. Dr. Adelson is a pioneering figure in the field of regenerative medicine and was one of the earliest adopters in the use of cell therapy for chronic musculoskeletal pain, beginning his training in the regenerative injection therapy in 1998. Dr. Adelson opened Doster Clinics in Park City, Utah in 2002, and from day one, his practice has been 100% regenerative injection therapies for the treatment of musculoskeletal pain conditions. He has performed more than 7,000 bone marrow and fat tissue cell therapy procedures, placing him among the most experienced in the world with the use of bone marrow cells for the treatment of pain. In 2017, Dr. Adelson launched his flagship product, the Full Body Stem Cell Makeover, the most comprehensive stem cell upgrade ever conceived. Welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle Podcast. Claudia, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to have you on since we met almost two years ago, I guess a year and a half ago now, and I've, I've got you on the show as well to share the amazing work that you're doing. And I'd love to start off, Harry, with for people who are, might have heard the term stem cells, but they're like, what is it and what is this hype? You know, can you explain exactly what stem cells are and why are they such an exciting area um, that you're working on? Sure. So first of all, you know, we have stem cells in every tissue in our body and their job, their role is to maintain the health of their microenvironment. So whenever you have in, uh, healing after injury, so you have some sort of injury and then you have a healing response. That is a stem cell mediated event. The stem cells in your body are responsible for recognizing the damage has occurred and then triggering those cells to go into hyper healing mode. They release proteins that fight invading microbes, uh, reduce inflammation and signal the damaged tissue to in fact go into healing mode. So the whole concept with stem cell therapy is somebody has undergone some sort of tissue damage, whether it's from 
a single traumatic injury or whether it's from multiple micro injuries or or just going through life and you know having garden variety osteoarthritis degeneration of tissue what we do is we take either we take stem cells from a part of your body where you still have a robust population such as your bone marrow or fat or we take it from birth tissue products umbilical cord amniotic membrane uh placenta that sort of thing we concentrate these cells, we place them in the area of damage, tricks your body into thinking that it's been re-injured, thereby launching your body's natural ability to heal itself. It's so fascinating as well. And I think some people, you know, if they've had children and they've been introduced to the concept of of freezing or, or you know, keeping the stem cells from the umbilical cord or, or otherwise as well. Are those then up for, you know, donation or you purchase them from different banks or like where do you get your hands on either from the person themselves, like you said, the bone, bone marrow, the fat. Mm -hmm. So these banks available of young, healthy <laughs> babies, if you will, um, mm -hmm. themselves. Is that is that right? Well, the simplest, of course, is just getting it from your own body. Yeah. So that's taking stem cells from a person's bone marrow, from a person's fat. Uh, that, you know, clearly that's the easiest. When you're talking about using birth tissue products, um, I you would love to use, you've, you've had a child and you've banked their stem cells, their, their umbilical cord stem cells. Unfortunately, most of the laboratories that do the banking will only then release those stem cells to the child, to, not to the mother, but only to the child. And then only if they are, uh, undergoing a very small list of mostly childhood cancers, mostly juvenile cancers. Wow. So um, there are a very small number of laboratories that will release it to any family member for whichever reason. But for the most part, when you're talking about banked uh, stem cells from an umbilical cord, it's usually just to that child for these very specific cancers mostly. Yeah. Where where I get, like when I'm talking about using umbilical cord stem cells uh, here in Doceri Clinics, mm -hmm. we use laboratories that, so, so a woman uh, gives birth in a hospital mm -hmm. and there's the baby and then there's what are called the birth tissues, also mm -hmm. called the afterbirth, which mm -hmm. is the placenta, the umbilical cord, and the amniotic membrane. When a woman gives birth in a hospital, she's given a form and she's given three choices. Either she keeps those birth tissues for herself and to do whatever she wants with them. Mm -hmm. She throws them in the trash or she has the option to donate them. In that case, the hospital takes possession of those birth tissues mm -hmm. and has the option to sell them to laboratories. Mm -hmm. In that case, she also gives up essentially the right to her, uh, her medical records in a redacted form. So it doesn't contain her name. But mm -hmm. if somebody, if a laboratory buys the birth tissue, they also get to see her health records, vaccination records, that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, the, the laboratory will then additionally do these very rigorous uh, tissue sample testing to rule out communicable disease and that sort of thing. Then they, you know, in the in these sort of FDA uh, registered laboratories, that goes through this very comprehensive uh, rigmarole, and then they become ready to sell to doctors like me, who then can use them with patients. Mm -hmm. Now, thank you for elaborating on that. And I wonder, is there a difference in quality of the stem cells from a, you know, from birth to versus 
an older person's bone marrow because one would think with age, right, the quality might change. But I'd, I'd love to understand that a bit better. Well, the answer is for some things, yes. And for other things, we don't know. So okay. if you are trying to use stem cells to say, grow a kidney in a laboratory, for instance, mm -hmm. which is not what I do. This is, there's sort of like two main branches mm -hmm. of stem cell medicine. There's tissue engineering, and then there's regenerative medicine. In mm -hmm. tissue engineering, where you're like growing a kidney or growing a, you know, theoretically a meniscus for a knee or whatever it is in a laboratory, mm -hmm. yes, birth tissue products are much younger, more robust, and it's much easier to grow out tissue types in a laboratory. Mm -hmm. For what I do, which is regenerative medicine, where we just take the cells, inject them into the body, and then basically step back, let nature run its course, mm -hmm. we don't really know for sure. We don't know which is superior. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from my own experience, because I, I did, uh, I did, I've done regenerative medicine for 20 years. Mm -hmm. We started out with prolotherapy, then that morphed into platelet-rich plasma. And since 2010, so for coming up on 14 years now, I've been using stem cells. Started out with bone marrow stem cells. Then I went to bone marrow plus fat stem cells. And then just in this last year, I've been using the birth tissue stem cells. So far, I'm very happy with the outcomes that we're seeing. But I can't say with certainty that one is superior to the other. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Harry, can you share with people, I loved, I still remember from your presentation a year and a half ago, your story, but like, how did you even end up <laughs> in this space? And how did you become such a trailblazer for rejuvenative medicine for such a long time already? So mm -hmm. what's, what's the backstory? Sure. So, you know, when I was in school, I had a, I, my whole life revolved around rock climbing. And I was training for a dream trip to France, which is the birthplace of modern sport climbing. And I did this cross through move in the gym and I felt this pop in my shoulder and I thought, oh, that's not good. So I saw a surgeon and he said, well, you've torn the cartilage in your shoulder. I can put a scope in there and cut away that piece of cartilage. Uh, it might help, but it might make it worse. And really, we don't know unless we try it. And I thought, <laughs> he said, alternately, we can inject it with steroid which similarly, you know, probably will give you short-term benefit, but it actually is going to, you know, potentially cause problems later in life because it further degrades the tissue. Mm -hmm. And I thought, boy, <laughs> that's it. Those are my options. Yeah. So I found out about the predecessor to, to stem cell medicine, which was something called prolotherapy. And prolotherapy is the injection of natural substances to effectively trick your body into thinking that there's been a new injury without causing any tissue insult thereby launching the body's natural healing cascade. And I tried that and it worked so well. My, tr my trip to France was splendid. My <laughs> life path unfolded before me. For years, I did prolotherapy and it took a bunch of treatments. We'd have to do, you know, on average between six and 12 treatments once a month over a year. <laughs> but, you know, we consistently got pretty good results. Then platelet-rich plasma hit the scene, which is the same concept but instead of using natural substances, we use a patient's own blood. We do a blood draw. We concentrate down the blood platelets and we inject that. And platelets are what are directly responsible for signaling to your own stem cells in your body to go into hyperhealing mode. And I did that for a period of four years and it worked significantly better than mm -hmm. uh, prolotherapy did. 
Then I had a patient in 2009 come to me and she said, Harry, I want you to put bone marrow stem cells into my knee. We had, I had helped, I'd been treating her over the years and we had this bad knee injury and I'd helped her, but never quite got her all the way there. And she, you know, was an engineer. She was actually an engineer for NASA. And she said, she put this stack of scientific journals down on my desk, all at that time, 2009, it was all animal studies, the use of bone marrow stem cells for arthritis. And I said, Laura, I don't know how to do that. And she said, well, learn. So I did. And it actually is not that hard. It sounds, you know, bone marrow aspiration sounds very scary. It's actually quite easy to do. Uh, it's and surprisingly not that painful. Uh, and so I started doing it and Claudia, I was bloatless, like the jump that I took from prolotherapy to PRP. When I went from PRP to bone marrow stem cells, it was that jump again. I was just, I knew this was the future of regenerative medicine. So I just put, put myself entirely in this world. And back then in 2010, so few people had heard of it. It mm -hmm. was, you know, I, I had a sort of burn the ships approach. I wanted to just do stem cells. But the only people who had heard of it, you know, I'm here in, in Park City, Utah. The only people who had heard of it back then were Wyoming cowboys <laughs> because they were having it done to their horses. There was a, the veterinarians really were the first ones who started doing stem cell therapy. And they would take these very expensive workhorses to this veterinarian and, and these horses were getting too old to work. And they were, they'd take him to this guy and he would do a, a sternal aspiration on them. He'd get underneath and take the bone marrow out of their sternum and inject it into their hooves. And they'd get, you know, two or three more years of work out of them. And these, these busted up old cowboys would, they would say to this guy, well, can you do that to me? Cause you know, I got this back and I got this neck and I got this hip and the shoulder. And the, he, the guy would say, well, no, I can't because I'm a veterinarian, but there's a guy in park city doing it now. I'll go to him. So those early years, that's who I was getting. Who I was getting in here were these busted up old ranchers and wranglers and cowboys. Loved it. The first movers, the first innovators, the the ranchers and the cowboys. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. The the bio. Well, because they saw it with their own eyes. You know, they saw it with their own eyes, and there weren't the confines of insurance medicine because it's mostly veterinarian. You know, and these are very expensive workhorses that they rely on. Sure. And, you know, these people are very pragmatic. If, if they have a, you know, like my farmers, for instance, mm -hmm. if they have a piece of farm equipment break down, if, uh, if the warranty covers it, great. But if the warranty doesn't cover it, they're still going to pay for it mm -hmm. to get it fixed because they need it. Yeah. Well, what's the most important piece of equipment on a farm? The farmer. Right. So, you know, when I when I would get those guys like they're just motivated to get better because they need their bodies. Yeah, exactly. That's how they work and earn their income as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, Harry, can you share with people like what are use cases? There might be people listening and thinking, you know, hmm, is this for me? I've always had my you know shoulder injury from my tennis or like my knee's been bothering me or my hip. Will this replace a hip replacement uh, treatment? What are use cases that you're seeing and, and, and can you explain some of the, you know, the, the success journeys that you've seen as well? Sure, sure. So, you know, the first thing I'll just sort of say to preface is that in the whole field of chronic musculoskeletal pain, which, by the way, is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, a little known fact. I mean, it's something that 
uh, it has tremendous economic impact, but it doesn't actually kill people. So it doesn't get nearly the research dollars that like the, the big killers get, you know, cardiovascular disease, cancer, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's there's tremendous global economic impact to chronic mm -hmm. pain. Um, so the, the thing is, conventional medicine has never really found a great approach to it. And part of it is because of how they look at it. They're so, you know, in, in conventional medicine, we're so obsessed with the exact diagnosis. And mm -hmm. that's part of the problem is with chronic musculoskeletal pain, there rarely is one precise diagnosis. There's no way to figure out what exactly it is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even really matter that much. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things that we found is that when you look at, uh, when you look at diagnostic imaging, MRIs or x-rays, you would think that there would be a direct correlation between how much pain the person is experiencing and what their imaging looks like. When in fact, the opposite has been found to be true. How bad your imaging looks in no way predicts whether or not you even have pain to begin with. You can have x-rays or MRIs of people with terrible pain that look perfectly normal. Alternately, you can have x-rays or MRIs that look awful and the person has no pain at all. And so what does that sort of lead us to believe is that most of the pain is actually occurring on the microscopic level. And, you know, this concept of, of you know, removing ourselves from the need to be able to see the problem, it's really hard for my patients who are engineers to wrap their mind around because they just, you know, they want to say, look, it says it right here. Well, that, that may or may not be the problem. What we think the majority of chronic pain uh, fr from musculoskeletal structures is caused by, it's essentially a type of non-healing wound. It's mm -hmm. you have this microscopic connective tissue that's been either damaged from a single acute injury or, or over time has degenerated mm -hmm. from, from you know, multiple insults. And if you were to do a punch biopsy, which is completely impractical, but if you were to look at this tissue under a microscope, you could see it's very irritated. It's mm -hmm. got your, your growing new blood vessels, new irregularly formed blood vessels. And every time you grow a new blood vessel, you're growing a new sensory nerve along next to it. Uh, and then the other thing is that the, the, the sort of miracle fabric of your connective tissue loses its miracle properties. Uh, connective tissue stretches just the right amount in each direction. Well, when you have these, these sort of scarring effect of, of chronic damage, uh, you lose that, uh, those, that miracle fabric properties. It stretches too much in some directions and not enough in the others. And those nerves that pass through get, you know, you're constantly firing pain signals. And then you have these irregularly formed blood vessels that are actually, you lose the ability to bring oxygen to the area and metabolic waste away. So, I mean, the first thing I tell people is like the most important thing is forget everything you think you know when it comes to chronic pain. It, like what you see on the x-ray, what you see on the MRI, what you're being told may have something to do with it. It may have nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm much more interested in what people are telling me, how, how they describe the evolution of their pain uh, and, and then how they describe where it is occurring, what sorts of activities make it worse. I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I was at a conference recently and Dr. Michelle Weiner, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's doing ketamine assisted therapy for chronic pain as well, obviously coming mm -hmm. from a different perspective. Um, 
and it is it is so hard and i think that's th thank you for for expanding on the fact that you won't always see it in in um you know in an x-ray and an mri so can you talk about the procedure in itself and also help people get their head around like so you're injecting these stem cells and like how does it make it all better so could you walk through mm -hmm. a little bit the steps mm -hmm. yeah sure so um what makes my center a little bit different uh, is that I do pretty much all my procedures under IV sedation. So I have an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist put people to sleep uh, because these are, you know, quite uncomfortable and uh, to go through. And there's really no reason to be awake. Uh, what I found is that when I would, uh, in the early years, the IV sedation was optional. So people would either elect to do it or they decide not to. And a lot of times people, I think either they didn't, they were, they didn't want to spend the extra money or they were worried that I would think they were a wimp or something. like, I, I'm not sure, but I would talk to them a year later and the ones who had elected to not be sedated frequently, they were kind of irritated to speak with me. And I would, and I, you know, I sort of noticed this sort of irate tone. And then, you know, I'd say, <laughs> well, how are you doing? Oh, it didn't work. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay. Uh, well, can you play tennis now? Uh, yeah, I'm playing tennis four days a week now. Oh, really? Because it says here that you couldn't play tennis before because of the pain. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I started doing yoga and I'm pretty sure that's what did it. And I'd say, oh, okay. you know, I, and finally, like I put it together that they were angry at me because I tortured them. So then I just started putting everyone to sleep and I found that that never happened again. People were always, even the people I didn't help were happy to talk to me. So I, I like to put people to sleep a lot. You know, most places don't do that, but I just find that it's much better, especially if you're doing the autologous and autol the word autologous means donor and recipient are the same person. So that's bone marrow stem cells, fat stem cells. Mm -hmm. Allogenic means donor and recipient are different people. So that's birth tissue products. So mm -hmm. when I'm doing a procedure, I tend to put people to sleep for either. Uh, mm -hmm. If we're doing autologous, people, you know, come to my center. They meet with me. They meet with anesthesia. They meet with my nurse. They get on the table. They go to sleep. I do a bone marrow aspiration. I do a fat aspiration. Mm -hmm. We concentrate the stem cells from the bone marrow. We isolate the stem cells from the fat. And mm -hmm. then we inject them, whether it's into intervertebral discs, whether it's into the epidural space and the hips, whatever. Mm -hmm. When we're doing the allo, the allo, uh, the allogenic, which is the birth tissue products, yep. people go to sleep, we jump right into the injection. Even then, especially, I mean, if we're just, if we're just doing someone's hip or knee, maybe we don't, won't put them to sleep because it's so simple. But if we tend to do big treatments here and we do a lot of intervertebral discs, and when you inject somebody in the intervertebral disc, I've literally had special forces, Navy SEALs reduced to tears. From, it's, it's, it's awful. Like it's the most painful thing. So there's no reason to do it awake. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what it looks like. I mean, it's really just an injection, uh, it, unless you're doing the tissue aspiration mm -hmm. and then people wake up and the painful part is over They're You know, they're a little bit sore, but mm -hmm. not bad. And then we yeah. just wait, you know, this is the opposite of a steroid injection. When you do a steroid injection, if it's properly indicated and it's done correctly, mm -hmm. the person will have immediate pain relief that lasts anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months, and then it wears yeah. off. Yeah. This is the opposite. This takes a couple of months to work. Like I don't expect any improvement until we're a couple of months out usually. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because it's like planting a garden. Mm -hmm. If you plant a garden, you got to wait for the plants to grow to get the benefit, right? So we're, yeah. we're, we're injecting these, uh, these, 
these these cells with the hope that it's going to trigger the 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 healing of the of the microscopic tissue and that takes time and it takes time to get the benefit from it which is so phenomenal to think about it it's like you know tricking the body into thinking okay major healing needed in this in this area and then it just recreates um what was essentially not it wasn't able to previously because of the microscopic tissue so i mean it's it's so phenomenal i think it's so exciting as well and and can you share some of your favorite sort of success stories what you've seen you know just if you look across the board i've been doing this i've been doing it a long time um, we keep very close track of people that we treat and, you know, I'm going to drop some numbers. This is not intended to be proof. You know, this has not been proven to work. It's not formally accepted into the, the scientific literature, but, you know, I can tell you from my own personal experience, treating people here, uh, you know, somewhere around 70% of the people that we speak with at the one year mark are happy. And by happy, um, I don't mean 100% pain relief, but they've had enough relief that they're glad that they did it and they don't feel like they need another treatment at that time. They're probably going to do another one. I'll probably hear back from them in anywhere from three to six years. Average is four or five because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, time marches on and, and this stuff, you know, yeah. about 20% of the people we treat uh, I've had a little bit of improvement, but they'd like a little more. So maybe we talk about doing another treatment. About 10% of people we treat, we just don't help at all. It's a dud, uh, you know, but neither have they been made worse, but they haven't been made better. And, you know, I hate that. I'm very competitive. I hate to lose. Um, it bums me out, but, you know, nothing nothing works all the time. Um, as far as, you know, my favorite cases, the, the two things that I probably love to treat the most are... Mm-hmm. Uh, people with dehydrated lumbar discs. Mm-hmm. So that's called desiccated discs. So that's like my young, healthy weightlifter who's been doing deadlifts and they get a pop and severe pain, you know, like anywhere from like three days to three weeks happens like once or twice a year. Over time, it gets a little more frequent. Um, and you look at their MRI and their their discs are white, 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 black. Mm-hmm. And that's a dehydrated disc. Mm-hmm. Those are people, conventional medicine, all they have to offer is pain meds mm-hmm. and fusion over here, like the, and nothing in between. Mm-hmm. We do quite well with that. That's something I love treating that, partially because the conventional options stink so much, mm-hmm. uh, but partially because we, you know, we don't help everyone, but we, we've helped a number of, you know, quite a few people with that. Mm-hmm. The other is post whiplash syndrome. That's another one that conventional medicine has very little to offer mm-hmm. um, except pain medication, muscle relaxers. Um, people who've had either a single traumatic whiplash injury or multiple small ones. Uh, that's something that I, I love treating just because uh, we, we do quite well with it. Yeah, because I mean, it's chronic pain. So it affects people yeah. in their day-to-day lives, maybe it impacts their sleep. Um, yeah, you bet. And so where do you see sort of the, the future of, of stem cells? And I was reading actually re- recent research from Cambridge University it was a small early stage trial, but injecting stem cells into patients' brain um, in MS and multiple sclerosis cases, which seems really promising. So how do you see the, the development in the field of, of stem cell therapy happening? If you pick a condition, you will find people studying 
the use of stem cells along with it. I, I keep it in my lane. I just do must, you know, for my practice, I just do musculoskeletal pain and, you know, spine pain, joints, that sort of thing. I keep it in the road. I don't claim to go outside of that, but you know, it's, it's amazing. Like you look at any, any of the neurologic conditions, you mentioned MS. Uh, I mean, any, any of those neurologic degenerative conditions, you know, that's another one where conventional medicine has really very little to offer. And the, and the little bit that they have generally is wrought with side effects. So, I mean, it just seems like, yeah, that it is really, really a rich area for, for tremendous strides to be taken. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about, I've had obviously Amy on the, the podcast. So your, um, your business partner and friend, mm -hmm. Dr. Amy Killen, right. And I'd love if you could share a bit about this incredible top to toe rejuvenation, um, therapy that makeover that you guys offer. So can you share that with my audience? Sure. Sure. So, you know, I told you about the Cowboys back when I started doing this and these guys, like they literally had arthritis through their entire bodies. They had, you know, they, their, their whole spine and both hips and both shoulders and both knees. So back then I would do these big treatments on these guys. Uh, and entirely kidding. I used to call it full body stem cell makeover. <laughs> and then Dave Asprey became a patient and I started getting his followers. And then Ben Greenfield became a patient. I started getting his followers mm -hmm. and I was getting people in here who were very interested in longevity, very interested in being very physically active late into life. Cause that's really, you know, the key is to a long healthy life is, is maintaining that high degree of functionality. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was around that time that I met Amy and I was doing some cosmetic back then, but I, I don't really, I, I've never enjoyed doing it. I've, so I said, Amy, like, why don't you do the cosmetic part so I don't have to do it? And then we can work together side by side. And that was, you know, close to eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And around that time is when I met, you know, Dave at first. And I started getting people who would say, well, can't you just like do my whole body in a single sitting just for, you know, sort of preventive purposes? And I thought, yeah, sure. I've been doing it for years with these cowboys. So I said, you know, I said, Amy, what if you and I, we just do like all of our injections all at once. And so it's been seven years, I think, since she and I have been working together doing that. Um, in the last year, we've switched over to using primarily umbilical cord stem cells because we used to do it with the a large quantity of bone marrow and fat stem cells. In this last year, we've switched to using Wow. 100 million umbilical cord stem cells, which is like a whopping dose. I mean, that's what normally people go to South or Central America to get that kind of dose, which yeah. we can do here. It's just a little more expensive because you see, when you go to Central or South America, the things that what they can do there that we can't do here in the U.S. is they can culture expand the stem cells. They can grow the cells in a laboratory, mm -hmm. which we're not able to do here. Personally, I don't really want that done because we don't know the long-term effects of using those culture-expanded cells. Mm -hmm. Here in the U.S., we can use umbilical cord cells. They just have to be what we call naive. They're fresh, frozen from the umbilical cord, not grown out in a lab. So it's a little more expensive to achieve those very high doses, but I think it's preferable. So what we do is we use... Uh, we have this high dose. Mm -hmm. We split it between Amy and I about, about 80. I get about 80%. She gets about 20%. Mm -hmm. I do my normal thing, which is the full spine, base the skull down to the tailbone, both sides. Mm -hmm. um, then flip the person over, 
both shoulders, both elbows, both wrists and thumbs, mm -hmm. both hips, both knees, both ankles, and great toe. While I'm doing that, Amy does the scalp, mm -hmm. and that is to thicken the hair follicles. It's not going to make you grow hair follicles where you no longer have hair follicles, mm -hmm. but if you have hair follicles that are growing sort of thin, wispy hair, it will thicken those hair follicles. Mm -hmm. She injects it into the skin of the face to improve elasticity and hydration of the skin. And then last in women, she does the vagina to improve elasticity and hydration of the vaginal tissue. Mm -hmm. And in men, she'll inject the penis to improve microcirculation because, mm -hmm. you know, erectile dysfunction is essentially a vascular condition. Yeah. So I, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I know Amy had a funny story with <laughs> Dave Asprey film, filming her while she was doing it. She was a little bit taken back by it. But um, do you think... Like, how, how are you seeing are these guys, you know, after a certain while, they're saying, okay, I feel like 15 years younger, 30 years younger. Have they been measuring it at all? Like, were they kind of tracking their, their progress and, and their biological age before and after? Do you have any data on that? You know, everybody's, I, I wouldn't say, I don't have any data on it. I can just tell you what people have told me because okay. uh, mm -hmm. we, we follow up with just sort of people explaining how, how they, you know, we, we follow up quite closely with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's two types of people who go through full body stem cell makeover. Mm -hmm. There's people who have lots of pain complaints to begin with. Yeah. Those people, it's a little bit easier to actually judge because, yeah. you know, you start out with a lot of pain and then either they, you know, it gets better or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. People who go into it purely sort of for the longevity play, yeah. it's a little harder to measure because, you know, if you don't have a headache and you take aspirin, Right. You know, they're, they're already doing pretty well. Okay. We have had people, you know, report different sort of positive side effects mm -hmm. when I can tell you my own experience, because I went through it and yeah. I didn't have a great deal of pain going through it yeah. to begin with. And I can tell you that I didn't realize how stiff and sore I really was <laughs> until I went ahead and did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'll tell you my age, I'm 55. Uh, I got, a, I got a late start. I've got little kids. Uh, so I'm super active with my little kids and, you know, I just, I, I was like, wow, when I got about two years out, I was just like, I felt more fluid. I felt like I moved better in space. Just everything about me sort of functioned better. I was very happy I did it. That's amazing. And so what excites you most about the future of stem, stem cell therapy and what are you looking forward to also maybe incorporating in your practice? Will you continue obviously doing as is, or are there any new areas that you would look to get into? Um, well, you know, I think, I think probably the most, just from a musculoskeletal perspective, it's not something that I'm going to do, but I think, uh, this concept of being able to do entire knee replacements with your own knee that has been grown in a lab, like an actual, your own knee. I mean, you know, I think that is just, that blows my mind We're, it's not that like, it's going to be in our lifetime, Claudia, like I we're going to be doing that in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think now with the convergence of technology, science and medical breakthroughs, what's possible and the biocomputing and things like this too, it's um, the models. Again, when I'm at conferences and I'm seeing all these computational models, they've calculated that this is going to be possible, et cetera. I mean, watch this space, Harry. We're all going to be 10 years old before we know. It's aging backwards. I love it. <laughs> Harry, if you could, or when you live to 150 years old, I should say, with excellent health, how are you going to spend your time? Uh, well, I right now I've got like I like I said I got a late start, so I've got little kids at home. Mm -hmm. 
So I am doing everything I can to just spend every minute with them as I possibly can. And, you know, hopefully it'll be hanging out with their kids and then, and so on. I mean, it is just, it has brought me so much pleasure. Being a dad is the, it's the most amazing thing. I just, I just am in love with this journey. I know they're beautiful. I've got two monkeys myself <laughs> that are thankfully asleep now at this time. But yeah, they're a lot of fun. But definitely the stem cells for that stiffness yeah. is very helpful. I definitely yeah. <laughs> noticed that as well. Harry, for, for my listeners interested in researching and understanding, you know, the, the stem cell therapies and, and the, for chronic pain as well, what would be some good resources or online resources, websites that you would recommend to start with? Um, well, my website has, I have a 60 minute, uh, Nick Nansen film, just describing my journey, learning through learning stem cells. I also have a decent, uh, a little book that's on, you can get that on my website. You can download it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it talks about the adventures that I had traveling through central and South America, learning from the maestros. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so that's just from my website, which is josericlinics.com. Both of those, both of those are free. Mm -hmm. Uh, I very much like Neil Riordan's book uh rising tide i think it's just called a rising tide mm -hmm. uh and it's about his journey in stem cell medicine i mean he's the maestro he's been he's been at it the longest he's certainly uh the the sort of culture expanded world of stem cells mm -hmm. i think uh that's i that's that's a good place to start and then you know for people who want to take it further the Cell Surgical Network uh, has an annual, for anybody, any doctors listening, they have an annual conference uh, in June in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, I speak there most every year, but that's a great, it's like a two or three day meeting, great professional meeting for people who want to like jump, get into stems, performing stem cells themselves. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. And where can people follow what you're up to, your social media handles, or where do you like to? Uh, you know, my website has a lot of stuff. And then, of course, just on Instagram, I'm not I'm not terribly active, but harry.adelson. Beautiful. And they will link everything in the show notes as well. Harry, do you have a final ask or recommendation or any parting thoughts or message for my audience today? Yeah, just be kind to your body. I can tell you, I'm so, you know, with, you can imagine with what I do for work, listening to people talk about what the, either the small, seemingly insignificant decisions that they made that now have huge repercussions or the big traumatic injuries, uh, you know, just be kind to your body because we only have this one <laughs> for yeah. this go around. And uh, you just want to, make it last as best you can and you know go easy go easy on this on this body because it's our it's our spaceship through this journey yes exactly beautiful harry thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom oh. in this exciting area it's been such a pleasure thank you claudia